Now, I know this is true. You may be here today and you may say, no, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing to bring to the altar. I got nothing to bring to God. I will tell you this is the, this is the truth and this is a fact. If you will bring praise, he says, I will bring praise. I will bring praise. If you will come before the Lord and say, you know, all I have is my praise. If you'll give him that praise, he will change your life. You've heard Pastor Pam share those years, that year we were in Oklahoma by ourselves, just the three kids and her. And it says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Well, we were the weapon. And we weren't formed against her, but we were trying to keep her from pro pro prospering because she would play at night. All she had was a little apartment, not enough money to pay the bills, not enough money to buy the food. She was in the center of God's will and he provided and put food on the, I mean, all that stuff. And at night, she sat at her piano and he said, I don't play the piano, sing. I don't sing well, neither do I. Little news flash, my microphone's never turned on up here when I'm singing. It's a joyful noise to somebody. Obviously, God's got a sense of humor. But she sang. And she praised. And she told her God that she loved Him more than anything else in this earth. Beyond the shouts of, Quit playing that piano! How nice is that? We're trying to sleep! And she would just sing praise. And her life was absolutely metamorphosized. The presence of God filled that place and filled her life and it took all the junk out. So don't say you don't have anything to bring to the Lord. You have praise. Bring praise and He will take care of the rest. Amen. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Get your Bible and let's lift that up. Let's take our word and let's lift it up and make our confession today. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. Amen. You may be seated and as you do, let's turn to Isaiah in chapter 60 and let's look at this scripture that we've all read before. Now this particular scripture in Isaiah, it's a rise and shine. And we'll look at it just for a second here because time is kind of creeping and i got about 25 minutes worth of video to watch today. So we're going to watch a movie while we're in here. But this, this video says, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And we can stop right there because that's great. And we all get real excited about that and we say, whoa, we can arise and shine. Well, there's a reason that they're calling, that, that Isaiah is, is, is having to say and share this prophecy. He says, arise and shine. Why? For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Oh, well, I thought we were all going to gather together and we were all going to shine. It was just going to be a nice little fest, you know. And I love that. I love the fact that people come to places like the church and they worship God. That's what it's for. We come in here and we praise Him and we worship Him and we celebrate who He is in our lives. And we do all those kind of things. We get built up and all of that. But we spend most of our life outside those doors in this place of darkness that covers the earth and the deep darkness that covers the people. See, you are living two hours a week in church. You know, if you come on Wednesday night, we'll kick her up to four. But there, there's like 168 hours in a week. That's not a large percentage that's spent in this place in church. But he says that it's a, a, available to us. The opportunity is there. And it's up to us to arise and to shine. That's why I say a lot of times we don't do that because we don't feel like we have anything to offer. What would I be able to give? I got nothing. 
What would I be able to give to somebody who I came across? Look, I'm telling you what, you are rich in this world today. You are rich, not just by faith, but even for... Now, you have to kind of take this into... I didn't share this in the first service. You have to take this in context. In the scope of the entire world, even the poorest of the poor in this country are among the wealthier. There's some statistics, and you can go check them out, and you can go find out what that is. And I've been listening to a few messages by Andy Stanley as he shared a few things about this. But he said, you have to look at your situation in context with the rest of the world. That even if you don't seem to have anything where you are, and that, that case is true many times in the natural. Spiritually, God will provide all of your need according to His riches in Christ Jesus. But where you find yourself today is a great place because you are in, hopefully, the center of God's will. And that is a place of great blessing, and that is a, great, a place of great provision in your life. But you have to arise, shine. And if you look at the Amplified Version, and I don't read so much out of that, but I do at times, it says, arise. And then it goes on and says, he's just not talking to the ones who are like the sparky. You know, my little, uh, my little niece, Annabelle, if you've ever seen her, she's got a smile on her face, and I'm not sure her feet always hit the ground. She's kind of like Snoopy, you know. Her little feet just kind of go like this, and she just flutters wherever she goes. She is happy and loves everybody. And life is fantastic, and she just wants to help people, and she wants to make things better, and she loves to worship. And, oh, we're singing Sing, Sing, Sing today in church, and she'll stay both services for that. I mean, she loves to worship God. I mean, that's, you know... So this, she already is arising and shining. She isn't the one that says, from the depression and prostration in which your circumstances have kept you. See, she doesn't even realize, you know, those things many times are going on. If she sees them in somebody's life, boy, she's really willing to help and to reach out. But she doesn't even realize, I mean, she doesn't even realize sometimes she doesn't even have anything to give. I mean, she doesn't even care. She's got Jesus and the world is good and she's going to do all of those things. But this is for the rest of us, <laughs> you know, who, who might, might be looking around a little bit. You see the depression and the prostration in your circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And that's each one of us. And the title of today's message is The Invincible Believer. Because each and every one of us, if we have Jesus Christ alive on the inside of us, if we've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are an invincible believer. The word invincible, it's not on your thing up there, but it says unable to be conquered, subdued, or defeated. Well, Romans says that we're more than conquerors. The word says that we have victory. It actually says that the devil, the enemy, is the one who's been defeated. It says he's been disarmed and defeated. All those principalities and powers. A believer is just someone who has confidence or faith in the truth, existence, or reliability of something. And the definition actually says for which there is no real proof. That we believe regardless of the proof. Now, we know that faith says faith is the, it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That it's the concrete assurance and the trust, the basic proof that I have what I believe is true, the Word of God. That I have those things in which He's promised me. That's faith. That's why we're believers. See, we believe this is true. We're invincible because of His power, and we believe because we know it's true. We're invincible believers. So we're called to rise and to shine in this world in which we live. So what kind of rising and what kind of shining are we doing? You know, I mean, your situations and circumstances don't always go great. We got things that we face just like you got things that you face. And we got things that break that we got to replace that we don't, you know, don't have the budgeted money for. I mean, we got all those kind of situations and things that happen too. 
You know, I mean, we're no different than you. Now, we continue to pray. We continue to stand in faith. We continue to give. We continue to plant seed. We continue to, to step out where God says step out. We continue to, I mean, and that's where you are too, hopefully in your life. And if you're doing those things and if you're walking in God's will, and you're, and, I mean, you're going you're gonna to be rising. You're going to be shining. You're going to be Annabelle floating around all over the place. And you don't know what I'm going through. Hey, hey, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. You don't get a pass because things that you're going through are tough. God is the one who makes the way through those things. He makes the road in the wilderness, and He makes the river in the desert. And I'm going to look at a video today. And if, if you look in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that we're supposed to put on the new man. And that scripture's on your thing, and you can go home and read that. We don't probably have time to do that. But I, I've been watching. I watch things, and I see things just a little different sometimes. And uh, <laughs> Thanks, Charmaine. And uh, I, I see things just a little different. And I was watching this movie, Iron Man. And, and if you've seen it, from beginning to end, uh, we're going to go through pieces and parts of it uh, as, as we go. And, and we're going we're gonna to see how this applies to our life as believers. If you know the story, this guy's a weapons dude, and he, you know, he makes all these weapons, and he sells all the weapons for the army and for all the armed forces and all of those people. And, and you know, he does all that kind of stuff. And, and then he has the kind of a come-to-Jesus moment kind of in his life. He realizes that all the stuff that he's been doing is doing no good, and it's actually doing harm against the people that he thought it was going to do good for, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, he's in a cave in Pakistan, and, and he ends up, he, he needs something. He's hooked to a car battery at the time that's keeping him alive. And there's some things that, you know, are definitely far-fetched. But the idea is that in the beginning, this power, this power source is implanted on the inside of him. And this power source, well, anyway, you can see it. And if you've seen the movie, you know what's going on. But she's going to play the first scene here real quick when he gets introduced to this, to this power source. Now, here's the thing. He's planted this power, this power source that could run his heart for 50 lifetimes is planted on the inside of him. As a believer in Christ, Jesus comes and begins to fill you from the inside out. And he fills you with what? The power of the Holy Spirit. It says that you're born again, that Jesus comes to live on the inside of you by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's that thing that begins to turn the power on on the inside of your life. But you can turn that power off just as easily as you can allow God to continue to let it grow. And here's the thing. It says right in, in Luke in 24, verse 49, it says that you're supposed to... Now, it's, the, it's Jesus speaking and he's talking to the disciples. And he says, why don't you just wait? It says, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And if you go into Acts, we don't need to read the scriptures there, but Acts chapter 1, like 4 through 8, it kind of does the same thing, same type of situation, Jesus speaking this word. And he says, you need to sit and wait for the power. And it'll be the power that will give you the opportunity and the availability and, and the, the potential to witness to the people in all those different places. And you know the teaching, you know, it's like your neighborhood first and then your city, and then your, you know, it kind of goes out from there. It's that it, it is the power of God that does that in your life. And no matter what you're called to do in your life, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. The power of the Holy Spirit isn't just alive in the world today for, for preachers and for people who are Bible teachers and scholars and, and, and not for somebody that's going to work in a church and, 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 and not for anybody else. That is, a, that is for each and every one of us. That's Old Testament. If you want to go back to Old Covenant, look at the people who could hear from God and who had that power or had that ability to hear from God. They were the priests and the prophets. 
And everybody else had to listen to them because nobody else was involved in the ministry of that particular thing. That's Old Covenant. See, New Covenant says that each one of us are involved in that and we're all involved in the work of the ministry, so we all need to be empowered from on high. This guy's empowered. Now, here's the thing. Once you're empowered, then you have to learn to kind of live in it. This dunamis power that fills you is that same power that allowed Jesus to do the things in this earth that he did when he was here. He was a man. Now, he was the Son of God, but he was born to a woman so that he would be flesh, and he was a man like you and me. Flesh, pinch, out, that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, that was going on. Now, what allowed him to do the things that he did? The power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that resided on the inside of him. He began to give that out, right? He gave that authority to the disciples, and then he sent out the 70. But then he said, hey, 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 just a minute. If you'll allow me to leave, If you'll allow me to die on the cross, not only will I make a way for you to reside with me in heaven forever eternally, but I will also, that will open up the door and make a way for me to pour out the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the power of God to flow into your life right where you are. And you can do these things. And in John 14, 12, it says, even greater works than these you will do. Now, how is that even possible? By the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life makes that kind of thing happen. Not just for preachers, for each and every one of us in the job and in the place and in the thing that he's called us to, whether we're a teenager or whether we're an adult. But it takes stretching out. It takes faith. It takes growing. It takes learning. It takes knowing. If you don't know the Word of God, then you're in trouble. You end up like, well, you become kind of a misinformed adventurer. You know, you're kind of out there trying to fight the enemy, but you don't know a lot. No, I'm glad you're swinging a sword, but sometimes you look over and you're ready to swing. It's the lamp. Oh, not the lamp. Hold on, what am I supposed to do? Where's my sword? I don't even know where my Bible is. You know, so I mean, you're, you're, you're crude, but God is developing you. And so this guy begins to have this idea of the Iron Man, but, but he doesn't really, he's in a cave in Pakistan or somewhere like that. So he doesn't really have all the tools available to him, but he has to kind of work his way through. So sometimes you're crude, but you're effective. You're out there doing whatever Pastor Pam said that Sunday. You're going to go to the grocery and you're going to try to save somebody because... Pastor Pam said to go, and so you're doing it. So you're like this guy in this next clip as he tries to uh, make his way out of the cave. Not bad. Not bad. Now here's the thing. As a believer, you're out there, and we, we learn from our mistakes, and sometimes we do it right, sometimes we mess up, but the goodness and the grace of God, the mercy of God is always there to take care of us, but you have to go through this process. I mean, you have to go through the things that God has for you to go through. You have to not just, oh, go out there and pay your penance. That's not what we're saying. But you have to go out there and practice the Word of God in your life. If you don't practice the Word to be led by the Spirit, you're not going to grow in your life in maturity in Christ. That is the truth. You can't get muscles and you can't have that body and that physique without eating the right thing and exercising. Spiritually in your life, it's the same thing. You have to eat the right thing. You have to know the Word of God and you have to begin to exercise your faith by stepping out in the Spirit and allowing God's power and presence to work through you. Whether it's figuring out something at work, whether it's reaching somebody in the neighborhood or if it's paying for somebody's lunch at Subway, whatever it is in that place, look out and see what God would have you to do because it's going to be His power that gets you to that next place. Otherwise, you are going to end up frustrated. We all end up in the desert somewhere in the sand all busted up, you know, because we said, okay, God, we're going. And then all of a sudden something happened. Nothing bad happened to him. He's fine. That was actually the way of escape for him. Somebody comes by and picks him up and takes him home. So, whoop, it was a great place. Did he have a rough landing? Yeah. Well, we've all had rough landings. 
But the idea is don't stay landed. Get back up. I mean, he could have stayed in the desert right there and cried about the fact that he was stuck. But he ended up getting up and wandering along, trying to find his way. Don't give up. You have to refine. You have to know the weapons and refine your use of them in your life. You'll begin to frustrate your life. You'll begin to frustrate people around you. And things won't go well. The things that God has for you to do are more in past and farther than where you are. And you won't ever be able to attain them unless you walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that's not just to be a preacher. Now, the power of the Spirit is alive in the world today and in the believers today to fulfill the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry basically is bringing people into the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about that in the end. But that same power anoints you to do what God's called you to do, whether you're going to work in sales or whether you're going to work at the, you know, whatever. He has empowered you to do that thing. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that allows you to be there. And you have to know, it says 2 Corinthians in chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, it says, The weapons of our, when we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We war differently. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but, but mighty in God, for the pulling down of strongholds. It says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Well, what are they? They're mighty in God. Do you know that? Do you know how to use them? Do you know how to speak the word? You know, see, I mean, we get people who go through VBI and they're all about the word of God and they've learned the word of God and in a year they, get, they quit and then we never see them again because they never replaced that thing that built them up into that place. They just wandered off. They never said, okay, I'm out of VBI, so I'm not going to be taught the word that, you know, at that time. I'm going to have to fortify myself by reading the word, by listening to the tape, by watching the TV, by listening to DVDs, to get my iPod set up. I mean, getting all those things set up so that you're constantly strengthening yourself as you go and grow. You got to that point because of the word of God and the anointing that's on it and your ability to apply it in your life. You can't stop that and then expect to have that as you continue on. It doesn't work that way. You have to begin to refine the tools that you have. You have to begin to understand the weapon that you've been given. It's the word of God. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. You have to understand about the armor of God and how it fits together and how it works. If you go to Ephesians in chapter 6, in verse 10, I mean, the armor starts like 14 through 18, and it lists them, you know, the helmet of salvation, the blessed spirit of righteousness, all those kind of things. And it's all there for us as believers. But you need that because it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Hey, here's a little hint. As He begins to pump you up, He's going to tell you why here in just a second. The next thing says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Oh, I don't just get to wear a cool dress and or, or, you know a nice suit or I don't you know I gotta fight this thing uh huh. Well, I'm not gonna be the preacher. I'm just want, I just want to be an accountant. I don't care. If you want to be the accountant that God called you to be, you're gonna have to fight. You better get your outfit on. And it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You have to understand what's been given to you. Not just salvation, thank God for it. Not just everlasting life. I mean, man, that's, that's super. But the fact that we've been given the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to know things that come, to know all that stuff that they talk about, all the stuff that you see in Acts, all of those things that Jesus did while he was on this earth are available and an opportunity for us as believers to exercise our faith in the power of God. Each and every one of us. But you've got to learn your tools and you have to refine yourself as you go. This guy's kind of figured it out, and he's starting to refine his tools. Maybe this is you. I don't know. Let's see what's happening in the next deal here to Mr. Tony Stark. Maybe you're having a Bible study at work. You go, man, there's no chance I could do that. Why not? The 
the Holy Spirit's alive on the inside of you. If he's called you to do that, sure you can. Well, I wouldn't know what to say. You're right. But God does. And if you'll listen, then he'll begin to lead you in those ways. Maybe it's, you know, having a care group of kids, you know, in your neighborhood. You're going to be into, you know, have your own little VBS or bring them in here to vacation Bible school. Whatever that might be. So, oh, I can never do that. Why not? I wouldn't know what to do. Sure you don't. God does. You know, I mean, if somebody's been brought to you and you, you, you know, you like, oh, that's the person I'm supposed to minister to. I better run to church. No, minister to him. I'm busy watching this movie over in Blaze. I don't got time. No, I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing. You can do it. If God puts you in that place and he brought you to that position and he's been the one that's, that's part of this refining process. That's, that's part of going through this thing. You get to a point where you rely on God until you get comfortable relying on yourself and then you stop relying on God and you stop growing. But as a believer, the refining process is that you never stop growing, that you continue relying on God. It's not a comfortable place to be in the flesh, man. Think about what got you to this place. It wasn't easy. You didn't fall out of bed and have all the knowledge that you have or all the wisdom that you have or all the maturity that you have. You, you put it to practice. You tell people how hard you fought for it and how you worked for it and how God did this in your life and how you sacrificed for that. Well, it doesn't stop. It just becomes more fun. You forget about yourself and you forget about the flesh and you forget about the junk and you forget about the sacrifice and it becomes fun. It becomes what you do and who you are. It becomes every part of your being. Isn't that what it's supposed to do? Helps me move, live, and have my being. I mean, it's everything about who I am. Because the world is what? From Isaiah chapter 60, the world is in great darkness, and great darkness fills the people. Well, who's the person with the light? Us. Matthew chapter 5 says that he didn't just put you here and make you be a light to put a little basket on your head and sit you in the corner. He put you here as a light on a lampstand on a hill. Why? So that it draws men to his goodness. And there's a lot of us that want to fight for our hat, you know. I mean, I want to hide it all up and I, you know, hey, I've just come to the realization, oh well, forget the hat. They find me anyway. And wherever you are, God's going to bring the people across your path. Whether or not you take the hat off and minister to them or whether you just continue to wear the hat and just smile and keep going, that's your deal. But your blessing, your fulfillment, and all the things in your life are attached to that meeting and to that time. He didn't just put us here so that we could have an abundance and live in all of our own. He put us here so that we could have an abundance and give it out to the people who were around us. Luke chapter 4, and then we'll watch Tony finish off in the end. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, this is this Jesus speaking. And what it is, is the Spirit of the Lord, it's, 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 the, it's the prophecy out of Isaiah in, cha in chapter 61, right where we were in 60, it's the next one, where Isaiah prophesied this. But it was Jesus standing up and speaking. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and, to re and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I mean, that's what Jesus said he came to do and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But it, 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 and, and then all of a sudden, we as believers say, yeah, you go, Jesus. Good job. But then not only did it just go from him, but then from that point, then it begins to travel downhill. And guess who's downhill? You. Good stuff travels downhill, too. <laughs> I don't know what that other saying is, but it's, I've heard something bad. But I'm telling you, he, he took the disciples and he poured it into them. Then he took the 70 and he sent them out. The 70 came back with great what? The 70 came back, it says in Luke. The 70 came back with great joy. Why? Because they were practicing his presence and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. They came back, it said, not upset. 
Not freaked out. Not, not less than they were than they started. They didn't come back and say, oh, I ain't never doing that again. They came back and said, hey, even the demons were subject to us in your name. Holy cow! Where are we going next, baby? They didn't come back and say, well, you know, I missed some time. I missed some time with my kids and my wife, and I just, you know, it wasn't very good. I, you know, I had to give up my, my lunch that day, and it wasn't good, man. I, tummy was growling the whole time. I mean, it didn't say that that's what it was. It said they came back with joy in their heart. The joy and the fulfillment that you look for are in the power of the Holy Spirit operating through your life. Amen. If you know anything from our pastors, it's about giving. It's about giving. Not about giving to get or any of those kind of things. It's just about giving. I mean, what God gives to you, just, you know, Pastor Pam shared that year that she was there. Everything that was given to her, she had to give something. And believe me, we were hanging on to those groceries pretty tight. Me and my brother were, you know, we were like third and fourth grade, third and fifth grade. We were hungry. Uh, we were eating macaroni and cheese and, and, and hot dogs all the time. So anything that was set on our porch that wasn't that, man, we were not letting go. Man, we're peeling through the bag. Man, we're holding on to everything. She's like, come on, hold on. i got to take some of this to the neighbor. Forget the neighbor. We're starving. You know, I've got to give some of it away. And whether somebody put money in her hand or somebody sent her something or where something came, whatever came her way, whether it was clothes or food or money or anything, she had to give it. She had to take part of it and sow it, take part of it and give it. If it was a word that she was receiving as God was speaking to her, what happened? She got put in a place where she was a Bible study teacher to all of these medical students. They're smart. Now, Pastor Pam's smart, but she was not a medical student. And one of them is was Joel Osteen's brother, Paul. And he's a medical student. His dad's John Osteen, the guy with the big church before Paul. And so he's sitting there with Pastor Pam, and she's thinking, holy crap. She would run away and say, God, do you know who that kid is? He's bringing me books from his dad, you know. But, I mean, that put her in a place where it wasn't her so that he could flow through her. And what did she learn? She learned to just give and let it go. Step out amongst past herself and let it go. And if you'll do that, you begin to look at all the darkness and the things that are in the world all around you. See, it said that, but then also at the end of Matthew and at the end of Mark, it said, go ye, go ye, go ye into all the world. Teach, 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 teach. Make disciples. Nothing's going to hurt you. Nothing's going to harm you. Every place that you go, you're going to have... I mean, it, he, Jesus is telling them, go, 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 go. I'm going to the Father. It's going to be good stuff. He, at that point, he'd already been to the Father, right? And he's telling them, hey, go, go, go. You're now anointed. Acts, Acts chapter 1 comes by. The power of the Holy Spirit <laughs> fills the room. They're filled now. Peter gets up and says, bring it on, brother. And then there's 3,000 and 5,000 people getting saved, coming up and saying, hey, how can I be saved? How'd you like that at Walmart? I'm just trying to get some bread, dude. Come to church on Sunday. Pastor Bill will pray for you. I mean, hey, how would that be you're in the parking lot? Somebody didn't ding your door. They put a note on it that says, hey, could you wait for me while I'm in there? I want to be saved. I was standing next to your car, and it was like freaking my heart out. I don't know what it was about it, but I just had to find you and find out what, what is that. See, that's the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life and in the things that you own and in the places where you are. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, when they walk through the streets and, the, you know, People, the shadows would fall on people, they'd get healed. That ain't old time stuff. That stuff, it's the same Spirit of God. It's the same Holy Spirit that, had, that caused those works to happen in that place that can happen today in this place. 
could happen in your life when you go to the grocery or when you go to work, wherever you would be, because the world is hurting and they need Jesus and he's called each and every one of us to refine our gifts and to refine our talents and to step out in faith in the power of the Holy Spirit and have them done. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about all the hurting people that fill the world. We need to change our perspective. Let's watch Tony as he finishes things up here and listen to the newscast. See, everywhere that you go as a believer, you have the weapons at your disposal. You have the leading of the Holy Spirit. You have the power and the anointing of God. And it just really matters. Are, are you going to step out and do it or, or not? You know, in that moment, he begins to understand what it's like to have that power. And he knows the direction that he's going. And he hears the need on the TV. And he decides, you know what? I'm going to make a difference. So each one of us have that same responsibility every day, whether it's kids that we teach or whether it's people that we meet, you know, in our, in our walk of life and business. Wherever that is, each and every one of us has these kind of opportunities that are around us. There's war happening all over the place. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what we have available to us when we use it. Amen. Let's stand up together this morning. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. He's good. He is good. His mercy endures forever. And there's nothing in this world that you face that he can't overcome. He'll take care of it, whatever it is that you face. And you may be here today and you may say, man, I'm just like Pastor Pam. Just like you talked about earlier. I got nothing. I don't feel like I got anything going on. You know, you may be in the same place, not having enough money to make it. Not sure what to say, what to do. You're just trying to figure out the Word of God and how it's going to be used in your life. Bring praise. Bring praise. Step out in faith and let God grow you. Let Him mature you in who He has for you to be. Just bow your heads and close your eyes right here where you are today. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.